0: Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast brought to you by Advisorpedia. In this series, we interview innovators from across the financial services industry to help you understand who they are, what they do, and why that matters to you and your clients. And now please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Retirement is on the minds of most Americans. A recent study shows that 71% of Americans are nervous about the retirement savings lasting their lifetimes. That's a big number. We've invited Sean Murray, the head of retirement at InvestNet on, to talk about this and how advisors can help. Welcome, Sean. Thank you, Doug. It's good to be here. You've been looking at retirement, the retirement landscape for quite a while now, and it's about to explode. Why now and what's at the forefront of this massive wave of assets coming?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and you know I think uh, you know the retirement space has been a great space within the financial services world for a long period of time. There's you know lots of advisors and um, you know, different constituents that have, have really helped you know millions of Americans I think retire with dignity, right? We're we're just kind of starting to see um, you know a lot of the baby boomer market enter the retirement years um, that didn't have that safety net of a a DB plan. So we're seeing the DC plan in action as we speak, be very successful. Um, But one of the biggest issues that's been out there is what they call a a coverage gap, right? So you work for, you know, a medium to big size company. They've created a defined contribution plan, which is really supported by, um, you know, the employees themselves making contributions with, you know, potential matches from the employer. Um, But when you get down to um, the smaller businesses, of which there's 20 million plus small businesses in this country, a lot of those don't have that workplace savings. So it's, it's a large coverage gap, which, you know, millions are lots of folks within the industry have been kind of pounding the table on this, that we need to have better solutions, i.e. tax incentives for smaller companies to create plans. Um, and now we've, we, we kind of have that right with the secure act 2.0, you know, the, the main components of secure 2.0 are really this regulation boost, um, making it easier more efficient and i think um you know uh incentivizing the business owners and the plan sponsors to create these workplace savings vehicles for their employees right so secure act 2.0 and all this goes into effect um you know january 1st of next year you know there's going to be you know massive tax incentives for lots of small business owners across this country to open up retirement plans and with you know other other pieces from record keepers creating startup solutions they just made it much easier and much more efficient to start these plans up
0: what else are you seeing out there
1: yeah so uh, along with the um, the tax incentives uh, and that's at the you know the national and the federal level through secure 2.0 the, the bigger boost um, is really going to come from the states So many states have already put mandates in place that if you are a business of a certain size and not by revenue, but by number of employees, and it varies state to state and the timing varies by very state to state. But really what they're trying to do is take advantage of these tax incentives at the federal level and say, okay, in the state of California, if you have more than five employees, you need to have a plan in place by X date. Or there's going to be a penalty, right? We're going to put a tax on you for not starting a plan. And, you know, most of the states that are implementing this, they have, um, you know, state run plans. So if you don't want to create your own plan or you don't want to go into, you know, a pooled employer plan or a multi employer plan, you know, you always have the option to just open up, you know, the state savings plan for your employees. But if you look at, um, you know, what's happening at the state level, Um, there's legislation on the books for, you know, 35 plus states today to have these mandates in place. Some of them, you know, California, uh, Oregon, and Washington probably being the most progressive. These are all in effect today that, you know, employee, employers of certain size segments, they need to start plans by a certain date. And again, they're going to get the tax incentive, which far outweighs the, the, the penalty if you don't do this but they're really using the carrot as the incentive, but they also have that stick. And you know the, the business owners that are gonna be getting these questions, who are they gonna to go to with these questions, right? Because it's a financial question. If they have a personal financial advisor, it's gonna to go to them. And, and these wealth management advisors need to be prepared to answer these questions.
0: So there's a lot of new pieces for advisors to get their head around. Let's talk about the components to address the client needs, being a fiduciary, And how to run a process that's successful with their business it's a lot
1: it's it it is a lot doug and you know having been in this space for for a long time um you know whether you're you know selling retirement plans or selling investments into retirement plans you know the the number one big one number one way to be successful is to focus on what we call the specialist advisors right so advisors that generate you know 70 plus percent of the revenue from institutional plans, right? Serving as the advisor to, you know, the XYZ plan and servicing those participants and making the investment choices. And they specialize in this business and it's relatively easy to identify them because there's only, you know, a couple thousand that kind of meet that criteria and layer in, you know, how many assets do they manage and all these different pieces. Um, But with this, you know, explosion of plans slated to happen, these specialist advisors aren't going to be able to handle all of this volume. So our belief, my belief, is really that's going to fall on, you know, we call the generalist advisors, the wealth management advisors who have, you know, stayed away from the retirement plan business because of all the issues that you laid out, Doug. It's it's complicated. Um, it's kind of a different language. It's got this weird um, and, uh, you know, very hard to understand ERISA rules and regulations that are attached to it. And so what we as an industry need to do, and there's lots of folks working on this, is really simplify all of these different components and and really create an opportunity to kind of almost put the 401k plans in a box, right? And make it really easy for, you know, advisors to understand the transparency, you know, around pricing, um, all the features and benefits of the specific products, um, and really to understand, um, you know, the fiduciary responsibilities and, you know, I I kind of take a step back and and laugh about you know advisors not wanting to do this business because because you got to be a fiduciary, right? I think any advisor that's that's worth their salt, they've taken on a fiduciary responsibility with their wealth management clients, right? If I'm managing, you know, Doug's half a million or million dollar portfolio, I want to I want to be a prudent fiduciary to the assets that I'm entrusted with managing for you. And it's really no different in the retirement plan space. Advisors have really just shied away because because it's been foreign to them. And I think most importantly. There really hasn't been uh, much focus at the broker dealer level to help the generalist advisors, the wealth management advisors understand this business, understand the opportunity set, um, how they can make money with this, how they can help their advisors, and really provide it for them um, in a way that they can fully understand it and get their arms around it. Most of the focus and money and energy and training at the broker dealer level on in the retirement plan space. Has historically been directed at those specialist advisors. And I'm not saying we don't need that, right? Those specialist advisors, you know, they need tools, they need services, they need the ability to continue to do their business and do it in an appropriate way. Um, but most of the broker dealers haven't spent a lot of time, energy, and focus on the wealth management advisors, right? What they've done is they wait for wealth management advisor Doug, right, in Boise, Idaho. He gets a question. They call into their sales desk at XYZ broker dealer. And then that sales desk has to do all the work on behalf of advisor Doug in Boise, Idaho. So there's you know, there's probably, you know, 30,000, 40,000 advisors out there of the 300,000 that have a plan or two plans, but they're accidentalists within the space because they've kind of been forced into it by their business owner clients. But I think the number one thing that needs to happen is, you know, the the broker dealers around this country, they need to spend more time and effort, you know, building out tools and services for these generalist advisors to help them understand the space.
0: So let's talk opportunity. This mm-hmm. could also set up an advisory firm in a lot of great ways for the future, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yes. The you know if you look at um you know the, the size of the retirement plan space today, it's you know roughly you know not 9 trillion dollars of defined contribution assets, you know depending on um on when you measure it in terms of you know market activity and all those sorts of things, but that that's a huge number. Right. It's almost as large as, as the rollover space, um, you know, which is the number one source of, of wealth management business in this country. Um, so I think number one, the opportunity set is, you know, because of the Secure Act, because of the state mandate, you know, there's going to be, you know, this explosion of plans, right? Some reports say, you know, the number of plans in this country is is going to triple um and the assets are going to triple over just the next five years because of these mandates. So the opportunity set is, is there, but I think from a Financial and, and revenue perspective for these advisors, what they need to understand is, you know, yes, the average fees on a retirement plan are going to be, you know, below that of, um, you know, the average wealth management client. But the average wealth management client isn't walking into, you know, advisor Doug's office every day, you know, with an opportunity to grow an account from, you know, potentially zero today to three to five million bucks in the next two to three years with, with participant contributions. Because remember, right, you get a wealth account, I get. You know, Doug gets Sean's wealth account, it's half a million dollars. I'm not necessarily contributing to that on a regular basis, right? You're going to manage that for me and hope to grow it. Um, but in a retirement plan, remember, it's all payroll-based. So when, I establish, when you establish a plan for my organization, there's going to be contributions coming in twice a month or once a week, depending on what the payroll cycle looks like. So there's going to be this constant flow of assets coming in. And you control sort of you know what the investment lineup could be, or you're potentially outsourcing that. I know we're going to get into that in a little bit, but it's that constant flow of new money coming in. that I think a lot of advisors miss the boat on because that doesn't necessarily happen on a regular basis in the wealth management space. Uh, but this whole dollar cost averaging uh, methodology that we all learned about when we started in this business, you know, four hundred and one k plans and retirement plans are right for that opportunity set. So yes, the fees are lower, but I think the the opportunity set from an asset perspective. Are much greater than they are on the wealth management side to manage money in the institutional space, and I think secondarily to that is you know I think some of the most successful advisors that we've seen around this country that have specialized in the um, in the retirement plan space they've got this massive institutional business today, but now what they also have is you know thousands and thousands of individual participants underneath those plans because they've been in this business for a long time. But what they're trying to do now is how do i take those thousands of participants that have been you know institutional clients that yes i am you know making money on a because they're contributing money if i'm being paid on assets or by participants like that's part of my my fee structure but if i can start to identify participant doug participant sean that's got you know large account balances and start to introduce wealth management opportunity sets i think this you know the 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 retirement plan space becomes You know, the number one lead gen space for advisors, if if they're smart about how they go after this business, because I think in this sense, you can get paid in two ways, right? You can get paid on the institutional business, but if you're engaging with the participants and there's lots of things happening around, you know, data and who has access to the data that we can get into, um, you know, on another call later. But I think the advisors that are smart about this can take advantage of, you know, the, the, the tax incentives and secure act at the institutional level. But I think the more important piece in terms of revenue boost is, is really from the opportunity to, create a new a new lead list right for, for yourself with the participants um uh, who you're going to be engaged with at the at the institutional level
0: in today's world data is everything when thinking about this topic it could even be more important
1: I, I I couldn't agree more um data is key here um and and the retirement plan world has not been great around data um you know part of my business is is data aggregation where I'm just I'm charged with going out to all the different, you know, retirement record keepers within the space and getting the plan level data. And, and that's a chore enough to do that today. Um, you know, when we get to participant level data, um, it's, it's not easy to come by, but what we are starting to see is many, many broker dealers, as they're putting together their short list of retirement plan providers who they're putting on their shortlist for their advisors um, to work with and engage with. One of the number one things they're asking for is, you know, beyond are you easy to do business with, are you a reputable company, all the basic due diligence factors, but it's, are you going to give me access to the participant level data that my advisors bring in the door? And you know, many retirement plan service providers are saying, yes, we'll give that to you. Um, you know, some are still hesitant to do it, uh, but again, you know, my organization, Investnet, we provide data aggregation at the plan level. Uh, but the number of service providers that have approached us over the last three to six months and said, could you take in all of my participant data and divvy that out to all of the, um, you know, intermediary and broker dealer clients you have, It's it's been off the charts. We've had at least 10 record keepers come to us and say, hey, can you take this, this over for us? Because all of these broker dealers are asking us for it, but the issue becomes, you know, broker dealer XYZ wants these 20 data points. Broker dealer ABC wants 20 different data points. So there needs to be a central repository to make this easy, but yes, data is about to explode, um, and it's not just investment that's working on this. There's lots of other, um, you know, data providers that are working on, you know, not just how we get access to this data, but how do we make it digestible um, for the advisors that are working within this space, right? How do we create, you know, something like a next best action around you know, if I just give advisor Doug all the participant data on the 100 participants in my plan? that's just raw data and it's not the complete picture. I think you need some, you know, data aggregation services from other providers that can actually layer in um, additional pieces of information and start to create insights, right? Because the advisors don't have the time, energy, time and energy to kind of go forth and, and create those insights for themselves. They need what I call data science to actually help them with that. So that when advisor Doug comes into his office, he's got my plan, it's growing, he's making you know, his basis points on my plan or the hard dollar fee on that plan. But if every day we could start, you know, the data scientists could kind of layer into Doug, hey, you need to call Sean about a rollover because he's turning, you know, retirement age at this organization. You need to call Doug about, you know, a 529 plan because you know he's of the age where he's going to start having kids. All, all those sorts of, you know, pieces of information that can be layered in, I think it makes this business extremely valuable um around those insights that we can that others that we and others can provide to the advisors on what they should be talking to their participants about. It's almost like a lead list.
0: Let's boil this down to mm-hmm. if I'm an advisor like you say I am, um, what's I'm in not it? just picking on you, Doug. It's just <laughs> easy that way. <laughs> what's in it for me? What's yeah. the average compensation for advisors in the space? So it's it's actually it's doing the right thing, but how do I get my head around it?
1: Sure. Yep. Yeah. So um Advisor comp has been paid in two ways. Um, well, <laughs> generally speaking, two ways. Um, you know, for the most part, advisors in the smaller end of the market, which we're talking about here, not you know large and, and mega plans above uh, you know ten million dollars, they're, they're they're paid in basis points. Um, historically, many of the retirement service providers created commission based solutions, and they're generally. You know, fifty basis points up front, and then anywhere from a twenty-five to fifty basis points trail commission base. So it was baked in. Advisor Doug didn't have to think about anything. I sold this plan. This is what I get paid. So it was it was kind of easier for them to do this business, but because of you know fiduciary responsibilities and all these other pieces, and I think very similar to the wealth management space, you know, commissions have started to uh, almost become a four-letter word and go away. And now what they're moving towards is you know like uh, you know advisory compensation. So, you know, the advisor is going to have to say, hey, I want to charge X for this plan. And we've got, you know, we at InvestNet have, you know, a number of different retirement um, tools and services for advisors, and they can kind of set their own comp. And generally speaking, um, for plans below $10 million, um, advisors are charging 25 to 50 basis points um, on those assets. Now, that, that's where there's a, an existing plan in place that has those assets the explosion of plans that are going to be coming over the next three to five years, it's going to be in startup plans. And startup plans have to be viewed very differently than that AUM-based compensation because by their nature, startup plans have zero assets when I take that plan over. So we and others and the service providers are kind of working through, well, let's just create a, you know, a hard dollar fee structure um, where it's going to be you know compensating advisors you know, in the neighborhood of, hey, this plan is going to be you know, a million-dollar plan in the next, you know, two to three years. What is twenty-five to fifty basis points on that million dollars? You know, we will we will build compensation into these structures to pay the advisors. You know, kind of the equivalent of that. You know, five hundred thousand a million-dollar plan in the twenty-five to fifty basis points range. But that's generally speaking where it's been. Um, you know, in the below ten million dollars space.
0: What has Investnet built around this opportunity? Um, how do you guys fit in the value chain?
1: Yeah. So. Um, I would say there's there's really four key things that that we bring to the table, Doug. I think first and foremost, um, you know, we have a technology solution which you know many broker dealers um, leverage and utilize um, previously known as ERs Investnet uh, Retirement Services. We're, we're renaming that to um, Investnet Workplace Solutions to make it a little bit more uh, broad and, and far-reaching. But you know, the main components of of that technology is data aggregation, right? So we have data on you know, close to 200,000 plans and there's only 600,000 plans today. So we have insights into um, about a third of the plans in this country. So the data aggregation, we think is a really important key component of this. Um, the second piece is, and we haven't spent a lot of time on this. It's the, uh, the investment management of, uh, retirement plans. Um, many of the specialists, retirement plan specialist advisors will do that themselves. And that's sort of what they're compensated for and how they build their, um, their model but many of the wealth management generalist advisors that have kind of fallen into the space they don't want to take on that investment management responsibility because it's got ERISA and because of fiduciary rules so they can outsource that to what we call a you know a third party 338 321 manager so that's another part of what investnet brings to the table we um we manage about 40 billion dollars um, worth of retirement plan assets where we are we are just the investment manager so we would be Making the investment choices um, for the plan, um, and it's it, it, there's some nuances to how you pick investments for a plan versus how you pick investments for you know individual wealth management uh, client, because there's there's different fee fee concessions, there's different pricing concessions that you may get from the record keeper by selecting certain investment options that you know the the generalist advisor, the wealth management advisor is not going to have access to, which we do as an institutional provider. So. We've got data, we've got investment management. Um, but the third piece, which I think is the most exciting piece for this is uh, we acquired a company um, a little over a year ago called 401kplans.com. And the best way to describe 401kplans.com, it's almost like you know Expedia for retirement plans, right? If you're going on a trip to Vegas, you can go to Expedia and you wanna look at flights, you wanna look at hotels, you wanna look at rental cars, you can do that side-by-side comparison. And so what we acquired... Uh, with 401 is a digital marketplace. Uh, we've got, you know, pricing from 30 of the you know, largest record keepers um in this country where, you know, an individual advisor can kind of come in if they're the advisor on a plan today and we have their data. You can simply say, hey, I want to look at the, um what it would cost for me to take my plan with, you know, Doug Inc. To the marketplace and we're gonna go out and we're gonna hit those 30 record keepers and come back with you know benchmarking pricing but it's real time pricing um and if you want to take that sh- plan out the bid you can you can either pick your favorite record keepers or you know we've got an algorithm you can answer a couple of questions about the plan what's important to you um and the plan sponsor and the algorithm will come back and make suggestions you can always override it and bring in you know name brands that you like or firms that you like you know whatever those issues are but we're gonna come back and have the ability to show you side by side pricing comparisons and, and break it all down for you. Um, and what, the remiss- what we're in the midst of doing is layering in, you know, our fiduciary offering and our data offering to make this, you know, one seamless marketplace where, you know, the the, the wealth management advisors, the general advisors, have the ability to do this um, in a very efficient way um, under the under the fiduciary umbrella. And then the fourth piece, you know, data. Uh, we are working on, you know, participant level data for, from a di- data science. Um, you know, insights engine overlay to all of this. And that's really the four ways that we work within this business today.
0: The retirement wave is something the entire industry needs to address and quickly. Thanks for being on it. And Sean, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Doug. To learn more about InvestNet, please visit investnet.com. Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, our engineer, Tori Miller, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikenden.